you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 138. Okay, guys. Well, I want to finish the theme of this month by talking about closing these gaps and the three main components that will help you to do so. Okay. So the three, the, the gaps just as a little refresher uh, that I talked about last in the last episode, in episode 137, is they're the gaps that I believe are in in terms of why we are failing are hardest to reach kids and what we need to do to actually stop this, stop this pattern and, um, and to be able to help them. Because I know if you have a puzzling kid, if you have a kid that is showing up with some challenging behaviors, maybe they're showing up being super defiant. Maybe they're showing up being not cooperative. Maybe they're showing up just constantly kind of being in a little bit of a foul mood and you just kind of can't figure it out. Maybe they're not doing well in school. They're having some behavioral issues at school. Maybe they're constantly fighting with their siblings, like beyond normal sibling bickering where it's like violent and you are worried about your other child because you know it feels like bullying and uh, and it's it's just super unhealthy. Maybe it's that everything's an issue. Like it's just like every time you need to tell them to turn the iPad off or the TV off or put on their shoes to leave the house or go to soccer practice that they said they wanted to sign up for. Or sit down at the table and actually eat the food that you took the time to prepare for them. You know, all of these moments that 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 really make you not enjoy your life. I mean, it's 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 hard to live with a child that is just behaving in this way over every little teeny tiny thing. I always say, like I tell the parents that I work with, I'm like. Raising a strong-willed child is harder. It is. Your job as a parent is harder. And um and and so I understand why so often we fall into that parent gap where when they're doing all these 
super annoying things, frankly, uh, we find ourselves overreacting. We find ourselves yelling. We find ourselves saying, like shaming terrible things that we can't believe we're saying, that we swore we would never say, but we're just like so exasperated. And that's the reason why we fall into that gap. And then from that gap comes like guilt and it's terrible. It feels terrible, you know, but underneath all those behaviors, because all behaviors communication, there's, there's something more going on. We've got to get to the root of it. And what I've found is, is that many of us understand that to some degree. So we start, you know, we start going down that road of looking for solutions. And, and so we turn to the professionals in our lives that have to do with, uh, you know, that we feel like have some form of a knowledge base on child development. And quite often the first avenue is either a teacher or a pediatrician. And as I, when I spoke to Sarah Miller, who was telling me kind of the real deal, and I was talking with a couple other pediatricians that are friends in my personal life really uh, recently, um, I was like, what about when people come in and, you know, here you are doing a well check or checking a child whose ears bothering them or whatever. And you and the parent starts asking you for advice about like certain behaviorals, like behavioral advice. And every single one of them is like, you know, they were trained in medical medical school. Unless you're a child psychologist or a child psychiatrist, you were trained in medical school to diagnose illness. Okay, to diagnose illness if you're a if you're a pediatrician. And so they're looking for medical symptoms. Like if you've got a kid that's acting out, they might say, well, you know what? How are they sleeping? Maybe there's an maybe there's an ear issue. Or if you have a kid that is ignoring you consistently, you know, they might check their ears and say, yeah, well, they they're having a hard time hearing you. There's a fluid buildup. Okay. But when there's behavioral issues and there's no medical evidence that they can see, no physical evidence that they can see, what what all the pediatricians have pretty much said to me is, yeah, that's really out of our that's out of our zone. We were not trained in that. So if we weigh in, we're weighing in personally. We're weighing in as parents ourselves. And then a couple of the pediatricians were laughing about like when they started uh, practicing and it was before they had kids of their own. They were like, oh my gosh, forget it. Like if you like we didn't have any clue because we hadn't been through it and we didn't receive that training in medical school. So, you know, I think a lot of times we're we're seeking these resources because we don't know where else to go. Right. So we're doing our due diligence. Like, I don't have the answers. So I'll go and ask a professional. And, um, and quite often the professionals are not, it's not like in their, in their repertoire of, of responses to say, that's really out of my zone. I wasn't, I didn't ever receive training in that. What I would really recommend. What I would really recommend is, have you ever done a parenting program? 
And it was funny because recently I had, I was talking to a pediatric neurologist, amazing woman. And she said, you know, it's really tricky because sometimes people bring their kids to me and I, you know, after, after examining them and, and going through my whole litany of tests or, and she's like, I realize like it's all behavioral and it's going to be resolved through different parenting tactics. But when I suggest it to people, people get very offended, you know, because there's so much ego wrapped up. It's like in our culture, I think it's like parenting is just supposed to come naturally. And if your child's, if you have the child kicking and screaming on the floor of the restaurant or speaking to you in disrespectful ways, then, you know, it's your fault. You're doing it wrong. You know, people say parenting doesn't come with a a manual. And what we're here to say is, is, well, guess what? Yeah, it does. We have a roadmap. And when you have a child that is showing you through their behavior that something's not working for them, there's something to figure out, we have to learn different tools. There are resources out there. And so um, so when we th- close each of these gaps, I really want to kind of talk about the three components that I see as the recipe. And now like each of these three components in future episodes, we're going to go deeper on each of them and my programs go deeper on each of them. But I really think these are the three components of the roadmap and the recipe that help these kids to do better because it allows us to get to the root of the behavior rather than continuing to band-aid the behavior um, with all of these ineffective methods, okay? So, uh, I mean, like giving your kid medication because they have a hard time focusing and and they've been diagnosed with ADHD, um, without if you if you if you give them the medicine without helping them develop better skills without working to improve your relationship so they know they can they have emotional safety with you and that they can trust you without helping them devise a plan for you know when their brain is not on the medicine during the day. Cause I, how often I hear it all the time. And I know I experienced this when my son was on medicine was he would kind of be, he kind of was, you know, frankly gorked out during the day. And, um, I didn't know what else to do. It didn't ever feel right for me to have a child in third grade on medicine, but I literally went to professional after professional and, you know, he received diagnoses that let me tell you, we're not accurate. We're not true. Um, but we were just, we were just looking for answers. And so we were going to people with really fancy degrees and it was the people with fancy degrees, the right people eventually who helped us to, um, to really figure out, you know, I mean, the main thing that helped him the most was mastermind parenting, even though I didn't call it mastermind parenting because I was developing it and he was my guinea pig. But, um, but also the right professionals did help us get to the right information and ultimately the right set of tools to help him. But, you know, when I went, when I started going to these professionals and it was like, yes, he has inattentive ADHD with a side of anxiety or like somebody else recently just told me they had 
unspecified behavioral disorder. I'm like, what the F does that even freaking mean? Like, how is that helpful? And, um, and so if we're getting to these diagnoses and nobody's ever really teaching us what, you know, when, when, when he was, when he was in school, okay. And he was sort of gorked out and he was just like, he was like not eating at lunch. He was sitting there reading and just zoning out and reading. Um, and then he would come home after the medicine was wearing off at the end of the day. Number one, he was famished. So he was like hangry. And, um, and then it was just like managing him kind of coming off those stimulants. He was never meant to be on those stimulants. Now, I know some kids, um, the stimulants are super helpful, but for mine, they weren't. They weren't. In fact, he hated them so much that he really, he was really the reason he, he begged not to take them. And, um, and so, um, but we had him on the stimulants for a while and it was just the constant management of those stimulants. And, um, and like I said, really fancy, I mean, we live in Houston near the medical center, really fancy, high acclaimed, uh, doctors misdiagnosed him. Okay. Until I kept going, going to professionals and going to professionals and going to professionals. And so, um, if he had, you know, if when those pills were prescribed to me, if I had also had prescribed to me all the things we could be doing at home too, really like helping him develop his lagging skills. He had a hard time seeing other people's perspectives. He had a hard time. I mean, early on, we took him to occupational therapy, which helped with some of the lagging skills in terms of like fine motor delay. And there were some sensory, it was pre kind of mainstream sensory diagnoses. But I knew like at three when I was having to cut out all the tags in his shirts. And ultimately it was funny because he, I mean, even as a 22 year old, when I FaceTime with him, most of the time he's shirtless. Like, he developed coping skills like, you know, he likes to walk around without a shirt. Like there's something about that that it's just like too much clothing on his body and he feels a sense of freedom without it. We don't talk about it, but it was just like you're going to develop uh, skills. But quite often it's just like we're not getting the right information. And so what I would say is um, we've got to not just stop with what the professionals are telling us, we've got to constantly seek to understand what are what's at the root of the behavior and what we can be doing in conjunction with the professional's advice. Okay. So the three components to closing the gap, I think, and in to closing the parent gap, to helping close the um, challenging child gap and to helping close the professional gap. Leadership's number one. Um, leadership is important because with the right leadership, people feel safe in the world. So when parents come and we have done what we need to do to show up as effective leaders for our kids, right? We've got, we've worked on our own confidence. 
we've worked on our own curiosity of when we see our kids' behaviors, we know we got to get underneath them, underneath those behaviors and get to the root of those behaviors. Um, we have to be curious, right? It takes it takes confidence to be curious and not to just say, you know, I hear it all the time where people are like, I think my kid's just an asshole. Like they act like a jerk. They say rude, disrespectful things. And, and I'm like, okay, well, why are they acting like that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm like, okay, well, there's a reason. There's a need they're trying to have met. Like if you just stop at at categorizing your kid as just being a jerk or an asshole, um, like that's sort of like that's sort of the easy way out. No, we have to have the confidence to get curious. A lot of the times I think we'll like just say we'll just categorize someone as something. It's like the blame. It's like blame and shame go together. It's because maybe deep down the parent thinks, well, maybe my kid's an asshole because of their gene pool, which is half me and half my spouse. Maybe they're an asshole because we modeled asshole behavior. Maybe they're an asshole because we haven't known how to teach them not to be an asshole. You know, whatever it is, there's some kind of shame going on because calling someone a name, there's that's blaming. So that So I'm like, not productive. That's not going to help these kids labeling them in that way. That's it's not helpful. Okay. So, so to show up as an effective leader, we got to bring confidence and curiosity to the table. Um, to show up as an effective leader, we have to know this is a big one, you guys. We have to know what are boundaries, how to set them, and why they help the kids so much. Um, I have found that understanding boundaries, understanding how to set boundaries, understanding why boundaries are so expensive, uh, are, are so effective. Um, this is a big, big topic and it's basically impossible to be an effective leader unless you have a clear grasp on how to set and accomplish boundaries. So the boundary work is pretty big in terms of leadership. And the other piece is accountability. To be an effective leader, um, we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to say what we mean, mean what we say, follow through on things um, in order to help hold the people that we're leading accountable. So accountability is a big piece of it. Um, so leadership is a big topic. And, you know, for us to show up as parents, that have closed that parent gap and we're able to show up when our kids are not doing well during those triggered moments in a way that is responsive and helpful rather than adding to the problem. Um, yeah, we've got to look, work on all those, all the things involved in being a good leader. And um, since many of us lack lots of elements of that skill set, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. So contrary to, you know, the common belief, take a parenting class. Why would you need to take a parenting class? Don't you just know how to do that? Oh, really? Well, you do you know how to be an effective leader in your life? Because I'm finding that lots of people don't. I'm finding that lots of people don't. That's why I always say like everything you learn here in a really good you know, in a really good coaching program like Mastermind Parenting, like we're going to get your household under control first, 
And then like you're going to take the, I mean, you're, you're going to learn these skill sets. They're going to be part of your conditioning and you're going to take that and it's going to affect everything else in your life. When you learn how to set boundaries, how to hold yourself accountable and others accountable, how to show up in the world with confidence and curiosity rather than shame and blame, I mean, you can't tell me that there's anything that would be off limits to you. That is just good stuff. Okay. So, uh, so, so as parents to close that gap, we have to have that leadership piece as, you know, our kids, look, there is no way we're going to close that gap, the challenging child gap and help them to do better, to feel better unless we're modeling effective leadership, right? When we're modeling effective leadership, guess what happens? They feel emotionally safe in the world. They start to trust us. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to be led by anyone or trust anyone who I don't, who I don't believe is on my team. And we're, when we're not showing up in effective leadership, our kids don't trust us. They don't. And that's why so often there's so many power struggles. They become very combative. Okay. And the professional piece, look, we have to show up as in leadership. When we go seek the resources, um, humans are not robots. Everything, even with, with, you know, even though our culture is like, well, a doctor said it, like it's the gospel. I'm like, yeah, guess what? Who you go to and who your doctor is, it's not, it's all subjective, right? It's all subjective. As far as I know, there's no brain test for nervous system, you know, behavioral challenges like ADHD or being on the autism spectrum or, you know, anxiety disorder. Like, like you're going to a professional and then they're giving you their subjective analysis. So I think everybody needs to realize that you want to show up. You want to hire somebody who A, has is an effective leader and possesses all the things that I just said, who shows up with confidence and curiosity, who has that accountability piece built in, who understands why boundaries are so critical and has, has good boundaries in place. And you also want to show up in leadership. You're the parent. You're the true expert on your child. We're going and looking for all the right experts, but they don't live with our kids. They didn't give birth to our kids. So we also get to show up as an advocate and in leadership. Okay. So that's number one. That's one of the main components in closing all of these gaps. And then the other pieces are the communication piece is number two. The communication piece is I'm, I'm experiencing this right now, building a new house. We hired this great builder and he's got his company, the way he's got his company structured, terrible communication, terrible communication. Okay. And I'm like, it, it, and, and as the customer, like I, I'm like, yes, I'm sure I'm going to love my house. I know he does great quality work. I know he's a good builder. But this leadership, I mean, this communication piece 
I think it's leadership also, but this communication piece, because I think he is lacking great leadership in his organization as a business person, like it's leaving me super frustrated as a customer. Communication is everything, is everything. So we've got to know how to properly communicate with each other. And many of us are not the best communicators, especially as parents, especially in our personal relationships. We don't know how to have productive conversations, productive conversations. So often we come at a conversation by lawyering up and trying to convince the other person to see things our way instead of trying to see things from the other person's perspective and actually communicating with them productively. And then they're willing to see things from our perspective and somewhere we're able to find a compromise and it's productive. It's not about winning and losing. It's about productive communication. Okay. And so the communication piece is so huge in having those productive conversations. And then the third part of closing these gaps is what I call the mind mastery part. Some other people call it um, raising your consciousness, building your self-awareness. Um, and I call it the mind mastery part because the truth is, is like the only thing you really have control over is what you're thinking, what's going on in your brain. And most of us are not even aware of how often we're, we're being driven, you know, our actions and what we do in our life is being driven by old thinking, old things coming up in our brain that are unconscious and we're not even thinking. We're not even methodical about it. We don't even have an action plan because we're just sort of like constantly on autopilot. It's kind of like when you get in the car and you drive from point A to point B and you don't have to think about it because you've gone that path so many different times that it's just unconscious. Well, that's how we operate in our lives so much of the time. But if we're faced with a challenge, like a challenging child who needs us to do everything possible to help them do better in their life, right? We have to be in the driver's seat of our brain. We have to be in that conscious thinking, awake, self-aware part. And so, and so working on that skill set to be able to operate from that place, well, that makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. And it's like last, last episode I talked about, you know, all professionals are not created equally. So if you go to someone who's not doing their own consciousness work, who's just operating from old school methods, who hasn't done the continuing ed and, and isn't a constant learner or seeker, and they're just relying on whatever they learned in medical school, however many years ago, you know, and they're not, you know, a, a progressive thinker, like, I don't know about you, but that's not who I want to go to to trust to help me figure out the the most important thing in the world, which is helping my child to thrive. Like we are raising humans, and so when you have a human under your care who is who is consistently not doing well in a variety of ways, like I honestly, that's that's my mission. I'm like, I think every child deserves 
to be supported so that they can do well, so that they can have every opportunity available to them in life, so that they don't have to feel all alone, so that they know they have a team of support behind them and a soft place to land, right? So um, so the my mastery piece I think is huge because ultimately how do people do well is when they realize that they are in control of their mind, they are in control of their brain, everything is figure outable. We are problem solvers. We are calm people who solve problems. So when we show up doing that work ourselves, that consciousness work, when we go to professionals who are also doing that work, that's what we model for our kids and they learn from our example. Okay? They learn from what we actually do, not from what we tell them to do. So that's the podcast for today. And our theme for the month, we're going to be going in um, to these different themes, these different gaps within this season. Um, I know the conversation is changing a little bit, and I know it might be triggering for some of you guys. Uh, And I am on a mission to help these kids, and I believe this is how we help these kids, is we need to do everything in our power to have the right team of support helping these kids to ultimately feel seen, supported, valued, cherished. Every human deserves to be raised with that recipe. Okay, guys, have a great one. Hey, guys, I made something for you. It's a free training. I put my best stuff in it, and it is managing meltdowns to have a more joyful holiday season, especially if you have a moody or strong-willed kid. So it is about an hour-long training. I think it is some of my best stuff, and I think we all could use an, a little extra help during this crazy year. So it's available to you. All you have to do is go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash holidays. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash holidays. And you will get instant access to this webinar because I want all of you to have a happy holiday season. Um, So whether your kid is two or 12 or 15, you all deserve to have beautiful memories during this crazy year. So just know you'll get three things from this webinar. You're going to, you're going to learn how I believe you can have a holiday meal where your table is actually conversational, peaceful, and meltdown free. Um, I'm going to cover a plan for grateful rather than bratty entitled behavior when it comes to presents, candy, and special treats, and a method that works now and long-term to help your child improve future behavior. So I hope you signed up for it, and I would love to know if you find it helpful, and uh, give me some updates. I want to hear from you guys. Okay, mastermindparenting.com forward slash holidays.